We are continuing in the Mishnah Yomi for Gimel Nisan in the third parak of Kilayim, Parak Aruga. Yesterday we started Parak Aruga, and then Aruga is this vegetable bed, which the example they first give us is six by six Tfachim, which is quite small compared to in Parak Bet. The second parak we're talking about a large field that could be even a, a seya or a betkor, even something quite large. So here they're quite small. And we talked about yesterday how many different species you could fit into this garden. And now in Mishnah Bet, the second Mishnah in the third parak, we qualify this. We're talking dafka about vegetables and not about grains and crops that are planted in large areas. So Mishnah Bet, kol min zoraim, ein zoraim baruga. Things that are called zoraim. These are seeds that are like grains that you grow in a large area. We don't plant these in a small aruga and rely on the kulot that we saw in yesterday's Mishnah to plant even 13, even 18 different species, depending on your arrangement, in one small vegetable bed. Kolmin yurakot zoimba aruga. And things that are considered greens, like vegetables, garden vegetables, you would be able to plant in this vegetable garden like we talked about in the first Mishnah in the Perak. They explain chardel ve'afunin nashufin, so mustard and smooth beans, min zaraim. These count as zaraim. So apparently they would plant these in larger areas. I've uh, seen earlier mustard, sometimes it's special, sometimes there's like a field of mustard. Uh, these are considered zaraim. Afunim haggamlanim min yurak. And these afunim of the camel, apparently it means that it's very large. Apparently in Aramaic, if you call something camel-like, it means it's very large because a camel is a large animal. Min yurak. This is considered a yurak. Now, afuna in modern Hebrew is a chickpea. It's not so clear that's what this is. It's apparently a large, smooth bean. The chickpea is rounded. Maybe if you divide it in half, it's smooth on one side. So I'm not sure this afuna is the same. Afunia magamlanim, I think, is something different. Gvul shahaya gova tefach, a boundary around the vegetable garden that was as high as a tefach. And we saw yesterday that having this tefach tall and tefach wide boundary ridge around your garden actually allowed you to plant additional species on that tefach tall ridge. Nitmayet kosher. So you planted something there and then it got eroded by the rain or whatnot. It's still kosher. Shahaya kosher mitchilata. At the beginning you planted it normally and it was a tefach tall above the rest of the garden, the garden floor. So it was it was kosher. So it still looks okay. People can tell there was still a raised gar- raised ridge around it that you didn't plant it davka to be next to the things below in the the garden, so it doesn't look like kilaim. Hatelem, a furrow, the amatamaim, and a water channel, shemamukim tefach, that they're tefach deep. This is interesting because an amatamaim used to be an ama deep. So for optimal water flow, they would dig it out to an ama in depth. That's why it's called an amat hamaim. A tefach is much less than ama, one sixth of an ama. So apparently this one dried up and got filled in with dirt, and that's why you can plant in it now. So if you have these furrows or water ditches around the garden, and they've now dried up, they're now plantable land, you could go ahead and plant in there three different species, like we saw in the first mission in the Perak. They spread them out, one in each corner of the boundary and one in the middle, so there's enough space uh, between that and the neighboring species that they don't look intermingled. Mishnah Gimel. Hayarosh tor yerek nichnas latoch soda yerek acher. If there was a rosh tor, now rosh tor is literally a head of an ox. We explained in the second parak in the seventh Mishnah, this is either a triangular or a diamond-shaped arrangement. So if you have two squares 
and a diamond in the middle, now they only meet at an angle. So they're, they're, they're kimat touching. They're adjacent to one another. They don't need a gap in between the diamond and the square because they only meet at a corner. So as the Mishnah is going to explain, they don't look like they're kilaim. They don't look like they're planted right next to each other. So the Mishnah actually explains it's mutter. It's allowed to have a diagonal or triangular corner of one species of vegetable meeting another field of vegetables. Because that, that edge, that flat edge, looks like it's the end of your field. And that triangle that's almost touching it looks like a whole other field or a whole other person's plot. And so we're not concerned that people think of it as kilaim. We saw in the first Mishnah where if you can rely on these Rosh Tor, to where things meet at an angle, you can fit a lot more species in your small vegetable garden. Mishnah continues, If your field was sown with vegetables, So he has a large field of, of one sort of vegetable, of his mustard or his green beans or his kidney or whatever it is. He wants to put something else in the middle. So the second species that's interrupting in the middle of his field has to go from one side of the field to the other. So you end up with... Uh, with on the left side, there's a square of the original species, and on the right side, there's a square of the original species, and then there's a rectangle of the second species in the middle, going from the top to the bottom, from one the original width of the original field, and there's a six tefach gap between that rectangle and both squares on either side. So it's noticeable that it's not you're not trying to make kilim, you're not trying to have them grow together. Rabbi Akiva Omer, he has a more mekel shita, orach shishat fachim, rochav miloyu. It has to be as wide as six tefachim, and its width is the same as its length. So, so Rabbi Akiva is saying it doesn't have to go from one side to the other of the original field. It could even extend into the field just six tefachim. Then you'd have a six tefachim gap, and the original species would continue. So you'd sort of have, um, it would be somewhat surrounded on three sides by the original species, and this little shtickle of the new species is extending in six tvachim, and then also having a six tvachim gap on all sides between the new species and the original. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, he's even more mekel, rochav kimilo rochav parsa, that the width of the new species could even be a parsa, and in this case, a parsa here is a foot, not like a parsaut, which is a much larger measurement, which is sometimes translated as a furlong. But a, a parsa is quite longer than the parsa here, which is talking about a foot. But here, too, Rabbi Yehuda would also require a sixth vachim gap between the new species and the original field. It's important to note that they're all talking about, they don't want it to look like kilaim. So this is a rabbinical pro- prohibition. It's mechse kilaim. It looks like kilaim. It's not kilaim deraisa unless a person's mamish planting the different seeds together in the same place. And uh, that's biblical kilaim. But here, if it looks like kilaim, if it looks like one species is surrounded on three sides by the, by the other species, that according to Bishmael, that looks like kilaim or bikiva doesn't. According to Yehuda, he's even more mekel. It, it just you could add a little bit in a corner, as long as there's a sixth fachim gap, so it's noticeable that it doesn't look like you lie.